So when I was living in Lakeland, I used to go to Sam's Wholesale to buy items for the home in, you know, in bulk to help save a little bit of money. And one time I was walking around in a sea of toothpaste and mouthwash and I heard a piano start playing. And uh, the piano was playing a hymn that I grew up singing in church. And it was a hymn that I hadn't heard in a very long time. Uh, you may know that I grew up in the Salvation Army, and we sang a lot of hymns about uh, the blood of Jesus, and, uh, and the song that was being played was the old hymn, Power in the Blood. I'm not sure if you remember that song. And I hadn't heard it in so long, and I thought, wow, that is really cool, and it began to bring back a lot of memories of my parents and my grandparents and being in church with them and the Sunday meal we had afterwards. And so I began to wander around and follow the sound to see who was playing the piano. And it was one of those kiosks in a big middle aisle where they set up and rotate people to sell different things. And they just so happened to have pianos, uh, show pianos there. And these pianos could be played like normal pianos or they could be programmed to play some of your favorite songs. And so I went over to the guy who was actually playing Power in the Blood and I, I just kind of waited for him to be done. And when he was finished, I said to him, man, that was so cool. I used to sing that song as a kid, and that really blessed me. It brought back all kind of great memories. And he said, what's your name, brother? I said, my, na my name is Mark. And he said, Mark, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I was kind of taken aback. It was kind of an abrupt question. Um, and I said, well, yeah, I'm a United Methodist minister. And he said, I'm going to ask you again. <laughs> Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And it was kind of odd, you know, it was kind of odd. And, but, but while the way that this person approached me and kind of abruptly started that conversation and as uncomfortable as it may have been for a few minutes, his intention was to share Jesus with me. And when we think about it, this is something that all Christians are called to do. From Genesis to Revelation, God shows us in the Bible that he accomplishes his purposes in the world through his people. The people of God are an integral part of God's great rescue plan. And this means that God invites, empowers, and works through us as partners in mission. And I want you to say that with me partners in mission. This divine choice can be seen in one of the oldest stories of the Bible when God calls Abraham. And so I'd like you to read with me in Genesis 12 verses 1 to 3. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now I want you to note that the word blessed is used five times in these three verses. And what it communicates is that God is going to bless 
Abraham, and then Abraham is going to be a blessing to others, and not just those in his own family or his own tribe, but to all of the families of the earth. And the logic is very simple. God blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. And we see throughout history that this is how God changes the world. Going back to Israel, God calls Abraham and blesses him to be a blessing for a larger purpose, so that the nation of Israel can be a light unto the nations. So as God blesses them and they bless others, Israel becomes a bright light in a dark world, and God uses that light to draw all people to himself. And we see the same pattern in Jesus. At his baptism, the sky opens, and we see how blessed Jesus is by the God that he calls Father. As he hears the voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And as one who lived in the perpetual blessing of God, Jesus spent his entire life blessing others. There was not a single moment that God didn't work through him and in him to bless people and to accomplish his purposes in the world. In addition, Jesus called everyone who wanted to follow him to that same pattern of life. For example, after dying and being resurrected from the dead, he gathered with some of his followers and he offered these final words before he ascended into heaven. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, somebody say go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so Jesus is saying that as we receive the greatest blessing of God to humanity, which is the good news of salvation, we need to share that blessing with others and that God will work through this act of obedience to change the world. And it all comes full circle in the Apostle Paul, who says in Galatians chapter 3, beginning with verse 7, those who believe believe in Jesus, are the descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Do you see the logic here? <laughs> those who followed Jesus who is a descendant of Abraham and the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to Abraham are adopted as children of God and made part of Abraham's family. As children of Abraham, we receive that inheritance. We receive that same blessing that God gave to his descendants. And we are also given the same call to share that blessing with others. Like Israel, Followers of Jesus come together as the body of Christ and are called to be a light unto the nations through which God will draw all people to himself. Again, God blesses us to be a blessing and then works through the ways that we bless others to accomplish his purposes in the world. 
Furthermore, as Christians, we believe that salvation in Jesus is the greatest blessing that anyone could ever receive. That this blessing brings salvation to the entire world. So, the most important way that we bless others is by sharing the good news. But the problem is, most Christians just don't know how to do this. When we become aware of this responsibility, many of us want to be obedient. We want to do what God's calling us to do, but there's so much confusion about how to do it without alienating people. Like the piano salesman at Sam's, <laughs> some people share their faith in ways that remind us of a cold call in the middle of dinner by a high-pressure salesman reading a script. It's off-putting. And just like we want to hang up on the salesman who's interrupted our dinner, we oftentimes want to get away from people who are making this uncomfortable pitch about Jesus. It feels high pressure because this approach tends to create a sense of urgency by reminding us that no one is guaranteed tomorrow and then uses the threat of eternal hell to force a decision to convert, which is another reason why this approach is alienating. The goal seems to be to convert you, to quickly get you to a moment of decision that is formalized in the recitation of a sinner's prayer. So instead of seeing you as a person, they often treat you like a project, which makes the whole thing feel artificial and manipulative. Instead of drawing us in, their strategy pushes us away from them and sometimes pushes us away from God. So this way of sharing Jesus is not only ineffective, but it can be counterproductive and even damaging. And if this is your experience, of people sharing Jesus, then it's no wonder that you don't want to have anything to do with it. Consequently, these kinds of bad experiences give rise to another approach, an approach that I have tried and wrestled with. Feeling the need to share Jesus, but being unequipped to do so, some people say, I'll just act like Jesus in my everyday life and let my actions do the talking. This approach is captured by the old adage, actions speak louder than words, and the old hymn, they will know we are Christians by our love. Such a person decides to not directly talk about Jesus, to not directly talk about the Bible or church, but rather to simply act like Jesus in their everyday lives. And the hope is that somehow their kind actions will get others to start thinking about Jesus, which in turn will motivate them to go to church so that the professionals, the pastors, can do all of the talking. But there's a problem with this approach. Most people, and I want you to think about your own life to see if this is also your experience before being uh, freed by Jesus. Most people are stuck in self-defeating and self-destructive habits that they use to deal with their pain and that they use to try to find meaning and purpose in life. And we know that there are no shortage of options in this world. 
including drugs, alcohol, and a legion of other addictions, various forms of entertainment, our careers, the self-help industry, making, saving, and spending money, the internet, romantic relationships, long weekends, exotic vacations, cars, boats, surfboards, golf clubs, fishing rides. I mean, the list can go on and on. And as we stay completely silent about Jesus, and as the people around us are flooded in every venue of life with endless ways to distract and console, what are the chances that they're going to wake up one Sunday morning and out of the blue think, maybe Jesus can help, I think I'll go to church today. While it's possible, it is highly unlikely, which is clear when we look around and see who is in church on Sunday morning. It is also evidenced by the fact that many of us who are Christians have friends who don't know Jesus, and although we've been hanging out for years, even decades, we seldom, if ever, have spiritual conversations because we don't want to alienate them. And this means that we have very little spiritual influence in our neighborhood, in our workplace, and among our friends. Now just think for a minute, how did you come to know Jesus? It's not a rhetorical question. I really want you to think about your own story. How did you come to know Jesus? Did you come to know Jesus all by yourself by watching people be kind to each other? <laughs> or did you come to know Jesus because someone that you trusted, someone that you knew loved you, talk to you about the difference that Jesus had made in their life. Friends, it's almost always the latter. While some people do get desperate and unexpectedly walk into a church on Sunday morning, hear the good news of the gospel, and make a decision to follow Jesus, maybe even join the church, they are the exception to the rule. Rather, most people decide to follow Jesus because a Christian befriended them loved them in very concrete and specific ways, and in an appropriate time and in an appropriate way, shared their faith and invited them to come to church. It's not that God can't use our acts of kindness to reach someone, because God can use anything to reach whoever God wants. But the fact of the matter is, according to Scripture, we have been called by God to share the good news. And just being nice to people is not enough. The power of the gospel is activated in the telling of your story. If you know that to be true, say amen. I'm going to say that again. The power of the gospel is activated in the telling of your story. We see in every generation that God's primary way of reaching people is through our obedience in telling our story. And if this is not somehow part of the way that we share our witness, part of the way that we bless people, then we are being derelict in our duty. So while we should do our best to be like Jesus, and while this will certainly include acts of kindness, our task requires more. Listen again to the command of Jesus in Matthew 28. 
Go. Go. Make disciples. Baptize them. And teach them to obey all that I have commanded. Now, how can we possibly do that without talking about Jesus? So we seem to be in a bind here, right? God has decided to accomplish his purposes through his people. And the primary way that God does this is by blessing us so that we can bless others. And then God works through the way we bless others to change the world. And as Christians, we believe that the greatest blessing is Jesus himself. And just as we have received Christ, we are called to share Christ with others by telling the story of what he has done for us. And we want to do this, but we don't know how. We know that high-pressure, fear-driven, cold-call evangelism can do more harm than good, and we know that while acting like Jesus in our daily lives can make the world a better place, that we are required to do more. So what in the world do we do? Well, that's what this new message series is all about. Over the next five weeks, we're going to see how five simple everyday practices when taken together and intentionally woven into the fabric of our daily lives, can bless people, lead them to Jesus, and change the world. And we know that these practices work because this is how Jesus himself blessed people. And I just want to give you a very quick preview of what these practices are. First, you'll notice it's an acronym, BLESS, right? First, we begin with prayer, asking God, who are the people that you have put in my life to bless in very specific and intentional ways? And when we discern who those people are in prayer, then we actually begin to pray for those people. And I want to ask you, you don't have to answer out loud, but I want you to answer very honestly, who are you praying for in your daily devotional life? We're called to pray for people. And we pray and ask God to be at work in those folks to soften their hearts and open their minds and convict them in any way that is necessary to prepare them to hear the good news however God has designed for them to hear it. And then we pray and we ask God to show us when and how to share our story. Again, we begin with prayer. Second, we learn to listen. And not just listen, but listen without judgment. Knowing that this is one of the greatest acts of love that we can offer someone, one of the most powerful blessings that we can give them. Do you know that people pay $120 an hour to sit in a therapist's office so that someone will listen to them without judgment? That's how much we want it. We all desire that, and it's a great act of love to listen without judgment. Third, we eat. And some of you just perked up. <laughs> We eat knowing that the best way to move from being an acquaintance to being a friend is by sharing meals with people. So as we pray for them, as we listen to them without judgment, and as we share meals with them, we become more aware of their needs, which allows us to better serve them, which is the fourth practice. 
We bless people by serving them in the name of Jesus as the hands and feet of Jesus in ways that meet real needs. And this is kind of the important part of the act like Jesus evangelism. It's very, very important. We have to do it. But there's one more thing that is necessary in order for our witness to be uh, as effective as God wants. And that is the last practice, to share our story. When's the last time you shared your story of what God has done for you? Um, do you have a story? It is the claim of the Christian faith that when you truly encounter the risen Christ and you surrender your life to him, and you ask him to be the Lord of your life and to be your savior, and you begin to follow him through daily prayer and meditation on scripture. It is the claim of the Christian faith that it changes you forever, and it changes you in positive ways. And if that is truly your experience, why wouldn't you want to share that good news with others so that they can experience the same kind of joy and freedom and peace and love that you have found? And my friends, if you don't have a story to tell because you don't feel like Jesus has done anything significant in your life, we need to talk today. We need to pray together today. But do you have a story to tell? And are you faithful in telling it? These are the five practices. And each week, we're going to take one of them and do a deep dive to learn how we can implement them in our own lives to bless our neighbors and to change the world. Are you with me? Are you with me? <laughs> I hope so. And I hope that you will come back next Sunday and join me online for our discussion group in this sermon series. We're gonna, on Wednesday nights, after, after there's a sermon, we're gonna gather online on Wednesday nights for a discussion group. And I hope that you will join that as well. You can send a message to the church. We'll send you the credentials and it's gonna be a great time. I, I wanna end this morning with a prayer, but I don't wanna put it up quite yet because I just wanna take a moment um, to invite anyone here who has not made a real intentional decision to follow Jesus. I just want to give them an opportunity. If you're already a believer, that I'm going to invite you right now to go ahead and close your eyes and to start praying for anyone here who needs to find some freedom, forgiveness, and some peace and joy and love in Jesus. And I, I want to speak to those of you who are here and those of you that are online. And I want to ask you, have you ever really made a decision to follow Jesus? Not just a quick decision that was under pressure, but a decision that led to a real change in the direction of your life. Or perhaps you made that decision a long time ago, and you've gotten caught up in different things and, and kind of wandered away, and, and you want to come home. You want to come back to Christ and kind of hit the reset button. 
I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And I'm going to ask at this time that, that everybody, whether you're a believer or not, that you please close your eyes, because I'm going to invite folks in just a minute to raise their hand who want to say yes to Jesus. And I don't want anybody to be worried about who's looking at me and what are they going to think. I want every eye closed, and my eyes are open so I know who's cheating. <laughs> Keep your eyes closed. And if you would like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, or if you would like to rededicate your life and get a fresh start, with every eye closed, I simply want you to slip up your hand. God sees you, my friend. God sees you, and God sees you, and God sees you in the back, and God sees you as well. Man, I've got the chills. The Spirit is working this morning. I'm going to offer a prayer and I want to invite everyone to say this prayer with me, whether you raised your hand or not, so that those who did raise their hand will be able to get a fresh start this morning. And I'm going to say this prayer, and I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Gracious God, I'm sorry for my sins. I've made a lot of mistakes, and I've missed the mark. And I ask that you will forgive me. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me. And I ask in his name that you will separate me as far as the east is from the west from my sin. Put a new spirit in me, your Holy Spirit. Heal my brokenness and give me the strength and the courage and the hope to start following him every day, starting now. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, this is Pastor Mark, and I want to thank you for listening today. I also want to thank First United Methodist Church of Cocoa Beach, the faith community I am honored to serve and that helps make this ministry possible. If you are being blessed by these messages, I invite you to support the mission of Jesus through the efforts of our church by making a donation. Simply go to our website, www.fumccb.com, and click on the link that says Give. I also hope that you will explore other parts of our website and connect to other ministries like online worship and Bible studies. If you feel more comfortable, you can also mail a donation to the church office at 3300 North Atlantic Avenue, Cocoa Beach, Florida, 32931. We sincerely appreciate your support as we try to help people who are struggling and need to hear good news. Again, thanks for tuning in today, and may God bless you.